0: The story you hear all the time in New York from people is that New York is dead and nothing ever happens. And that's just not true. It's just that a lot of people don't know where to find these interesting things. I'm Dream. I was born in Boston. Then when I was little, we moved to South Florida, and that's where I grew up, in Boca Raton, where most old Jewish people go to die. I think every weird kid grows up With the dream of like being in New York City, and so I just made it happen because I knew I couldn't stay in Florida and I knew I didn't really want to be anywhere else but here. I mean, I've been partying in New York for years. After college, my best friend, Paul Leopold, we grew up together. We went to middle school and high school together. He had gone to school in Boston. He moved here after college, and we were both in very similar situations where, like, we had predominantly straight groups of friends and this desire to explore queerness. So we started going to parties to experience what it meant to be queer and seeing that there was this whole underground. And it was, you know, sort of fortuitous timing because it was pretty much like at the time when the underground Brooklyn scene that exists now was like just starting to form. So the culture war really started as a web platform the idea being that like it would be a place where we could connect all of these different things that we were interested in you know like art music film, nightlife, and make it accessible on the internet for people who like didn't know how to find it. To this day, we put out a newsletter every week called The Week, which is basically like everything we know about compiled into one place. Any night of the week, there are like five amazing queer things happening, whether they're dance parties or performances or gallery shows or readings or like protests or whatever they are. The first event we ever did was a party on my roof in my old apartment in Bushwick. There were, I mean, maybe a hundred people there. Jake's Cannon was, like, rapping then and rapped there. Chris Tyler performed. Paul did a Boy Wolf performance. I think I DJ'd off of my phone. That's when we started realizing that that was more of the direction that we wanted to go in. was not so much, like, creating content online, but creating content in the real world. As we've grown into really an event production company, the bigger part of our mission is creating these temporary spaces to create like a little pocket that exists outside the world that people can escape into and sort of like see what a more perfect queer world could be like. For a long time, our ethos has been more is more, because neither Paul or I are very good at editing. Well, I am. Um, We're not just being like, here's a DJ and a room, go dance. Our themes are very rooted in these sort of shared touchstones that we all have culturally. We take those and exaggerate them to their fullest extent and allow people the ability to play in them for a night. What was my favorite culture horror party? That's like asking which of your children you love the most. Although my mom always tells me that I'm her favorite. I love them all for different reasons. Chamber of Secrets was very special to me because I'm a huge Harry Potter nerd. And so like getting to like basically LARP at a rave is a lot of fun. And that is that is very much what our parties are. They're like rave LARPs. I think Download was Download was a party that we did in January. It was the official after party for the American Realness Festival, which is an underground experimental theater festival that happens every year at Abrams Art Center. So Download was very much about art and technology and the fusion of synthetic and organic and really trying to blur the lines between those. In 2015, it felt like some sort of like cycle and our scene was shifting or coming to a close. Bath salts ended, Westgate ended, the spectrum closed, and it felt like a time when we needed to record all of this amazing queer production and art for future generations. We were thinking a lot about the internet and what a huge resource it is for queer people. The fact that it's allowed underground communities to connect with each other over vast differences in a way that has never been possible before the modern age. It was also a party where I noticed how much our audience had changed and grown and you know, there usually is a point at any sort of queer or gay party where you look around in the dance floor and it is it is predominantly full of, like, shirtless cis white men. And that, like, never happened at Download. At maybe, like, 6am, I was kind of looking for them and I saw, like, one group of them who were all, you know, they were all only dancing and talking with each other and... They looked like they were having fun, but for the most part, the crowd was women and trans people and people of color and people who identify in in a a myriad of ways who were really inhabiting a space that they really felt was theirs, because it was theirs, because we, we made it for them. The thing that I've been kind of wondering a lot about recently is where the next generation is. Because, you know, four almost five years ago, we started producing parties. And, like, the, the underground scene in Brooklyn was very much developing. And people were creating their own spaces. And I've been kind of looking around a lot recently and wondering, okay, well, where's that group of kids now who are going to come in and see, like, the potential that something is missing and start making it? And I don't think I really see them yet. I kind of hope that the future of nightlife is more um, parties that structurally are comprised of women and trans people and people of color. Most of the people who have the time and resources to produce nightlife are white cis people, and especially white cis men. Um, And I do see that changing, and I think that it, it could happen. And I hope it happens.